Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104. Before the end of the show, you're going to hear from an evolutionary biologist about what's going on in the brain that makes some people, maybe it is you, um, get sexually aroused by feet. It's very strange. I've had many offers about pictures of my feet. Um, last year in particular was quite bad. Yeah, and where did that come from again? Why were you posting pictures of your feet online? Or no, anything? I wasn't. I think we were talking about it. We definitely interviewed someone before who did this and was paid like $1,000 to go over and in her bare feet stand on someone's birthday cake. In his kitchen. Yeah. That's all he wanted. It's to see her crush's birthday cake. There was a lot of... And then there was that dude we interviewed as well. I remember there was the elderly woman who who did this and made a huge amount of money. Yeah. Uh, selling pictures of her feet and doing weird feet things. And then there was the dude. Remember he was like making three or four grand a week just selling videos of... Or a month. Selling videos of his feet online. He was like, this is ridiculous. This is great. Yeah, I just don't get it. But definitely, you know, I was offered money for shoes that I had... Smelly socks I had uh, Pictures of my feet Me picking things up At my feet And how do you think She afforded her new car <laughs> It's all making sense now I don't have a new car which Secretfeet.com Search along behind the camera Honestly though My feet aren't nice mm. They're just not But people don't care People that are into feet Are into all sorts of feet They're not looking for The perfect Smooth You know Nail varnish done Toes yeah. They're just looking Rough and for ready. Yeah. Right, so listen, what's the biology behind that? We'll talk about that a little bit later on right now. Room 104's Control-Alt-Delete. Today's tech today. Beautiful. Nailed it. Thanks. Quick roundup of the tech stories for you right now. From the last few days. Scientists, and NASA in particular, are trying to grow cells in space to see if they will grow better in space than they will down here. In particular, they're sending up stem cells and stem cells grow and turn into cardiac cells in three weeks, which is much quicker than it does on Earth. Okay, I think that's quite interesting. So stem cells are like your your blank cells. A stem cell can turn into absolutely any cell in the body. Yeah. You take a stem cell and you put it beside a heart cell, it'll turn to a heart cell. You put it beside a muscle cell, it'll turn to a muscle cell. It's literally a blank slate. We have them in our body. You get loads of embryonic stem cells back in the day. But now what they're trying to see is how does microgravity, microgravity impact the whole transformation process? And it looks like you have a much better chance of taking your stem cells, growing yourself maybe a bit of heart tissue or liver tissue or some other tissue in space as opposed to on Earth. Which okay. is, might cost you a little bit of money a to send your stuff up to get it done in space. So what what happens then? 
the what, astronauts. What are, we achi- what are we achieving by sending them up there? Uh, nothing, really, uh, except maybe a, a, an understanding of microgravity's impact on cellular organisms. And what they're then trying to do is replicate microgravity conditions on Earth. So that if you or I or you listening do need to have an operation one day and need your stem cells, it won't just be grown in a petri dish. They might be able to make a vacuumous space-like thing in a lab as opposed to open space. Okay. Or if you're a billionaire and you can afford to send your, your stem cells up if you need stem cell treatment for uh, for drugs or you need to grow a new piece of your heart or you've drank yourself to death and your liver's fallen apart, you know, you'll be able to send your things up to space, regrow a new liver in space and then bring it back down. Perfect. There so, for the rich. Right now for the super, super, super rich. Okay. But again... Promising for those scientists up in space and astronauts and also for the super rich. So that's what NASA have discovered, that your stem cells will turn into beating cardiac cells in three weeks. And they, they found that out in a recent uh, mission to the International Space Station. Now, moving on. I didn't know that this was a thing. Should have known about it, but biometric surveillance is a thing. So what does that mean? For a lot of security systems and a lot of surveillance systems, not only do they have cameras, but they have got cameras now which are able to analyse your walk. So let's say we can't see your face because you're not facing the camera. Uh, If it knows your particular gait, your walk, your pattern, your rhythm of walking, uh, it'll be able to identify you within like, you know, 99% probability. So there's all these things fitted into cameras. Uh, Fingerprint tracking software, pupil dilation, all this stuff, biometric scanning. And the EU are proposing to ban all forms of biometric surveillance. Oh. But I mean, that's good. I think that's very, very good. Yeah, I think yeah. it's good too. Yeah. Uh, it's always a little bit uncomfortable. We give away so much of our data on our phones anyway. You know, everyone knows so much about us, where you are, where you go. Um, you know, you're tracked 24-7. Some people will be like, this would be a really good way of identifying your missing person. You, you know, you'd be able mm. to find the last steps of a missing person just off their walk. You're like, is that her? I don't know. Uh, you'll be able to use this technology to find it. But then there's obviously huge issues with companies and governments using facial recognition, using artificial intelligence to analyse your walk and be like, that's him. That's him based on his walk and your fingerprints and the whole yoke. So uh, I think because of our GDPR and a few other things, uh, Europe is saying no. But that doesn't mean it's it's still happening. It'll probably still happen in the UK. They but tried it's still that. out there right now. That's what I mean. Yeah. There's uh, The UK tried an experiment a couple of years ago where they brought in face recognition technology into a, a busy like shopping street and they wanted to see how many faces they could analyse. And it was a bit weird to know that you're walking down Grafton Street and then there's just some camera there taking snaps of your face and seeing if it can recognise you and pull up your data and your information online as a security measure. Yeah. Yeah. The argument for them, it was this was done by the police over there, was they were trying to find, see if they could accurately spot criminals, people who were still out who had skipped bail or were out on a warrant or, or you know, want, they were needed to be arrested, all that kind of stuff. But it didn't go down too well. No, I can't imagine it would. That's kind of frightening. Yeah, it is a little bit. So, you know, there's um, fingerprints, gait recognition, facial recognition, um, and all those other things that are going into AI and biometric surveillance. And the lads are like, no, no, we, we've, we've had enough of this. Game over. Let's stop. And I hope they stop because it's very, very invasive and very, very weird. Uh, okay, this story I absolutely love. A university over in South Korea has now figured out a way to turn poop into energy and into money for you and me. Tell me more. Anyway, a scientist a couple of years ago, right, has 
figured out a way to create a toilet system where you sit on, you do your business, mm-hmm. okay, and then your poo poo goes into a tank underneath. So it's not pumped out into a big, long, massive sewage system. Fair. This is all controlled in house, yeah. right? So you have your own little sewage tank that it gets dropped down into. So that point number one means it uses less energy than most traditional sewage systems that are in your house and my house. Then he's figured out a way to use certain uh, micro microbes to break down your wee-wees and your poo-poos oh, yeah. to create methane. And methane is a flammable gas that can be used to produce energy. That is magic. So you know the way people... I would say, you know, your 14 or 50-year-old mate, when they first started playing with lighters, lit their farts on fire. They did do that, yeah. Same technology. Oh, my God. Same technology. So what he's done now is over in this University of South Korea, you can go and you can do your business in this toilet and it will generate energy and electricity and methane gas, right? They've linked this to a cryptocurrency system, so you'll now get paid for doing your poo-poo. So you can now earn the price of a coffee in the canteen over the university for doing your poo in this particular toilet. Wow. Would you do it? <laughs> yeah. Would you this, poo it? Yay! Hey, what a crap idea. <laughs> but, like, if you were broke as a student, you'd be in there all the time going, you just need oh, money yeah. for a coffee. You just have per- permanent piles. Yeah. yeah, but you'd be fed. You would be fed, yeah. A little bit. That's so weird. So here's what's going to be... Do they take the poo out of the toilet? Uh, I'm sure they obviously have to treat it, but what they what they they extract the methane gas from it. Oh, God. And then they have tanks of methane. Oh, no, that actually makes me sick. No. No, imagine being powering your house from your own farts and poo. Jesus. That'll be the future, though, because... We signed up to some new climate accord thing today. The government committed to being net and carbon neutral by 2050, so we wouldn't be polluting the earth anymore. Happy days. But now you're going to have a gaff with a B or rating. You'll have to be pro- properly insulated and then live off your own poo. Wow. Great idea. Never thought I'd see the day. Yeah, great idea. Turn the heating on there. And you'll be like, where's the heating gone? Oh, well, search has been constipated for the last four weeks, so we've got we've no energy. We've no power left. Sorry about that. We've no gas. I mean, it's a good way to not waste <clears throat> yeah. your waste. Oh, yeah. Waste your waste. Waste waste. Very good. I mean, now you're thinking like Guinness drinkers will be the savers of the world. We need more Guinness drinkers. Why? We need to save the planet. Ew. More Guinness. That could kill people. Guinness poos and No, no, no. It's all being sucked into a tank and we're utilising the methane gas from it. So great news. So that is uh, over in South Korea is what they're doing. Job done, happy days. And this has been around for uh, several years, by the way. It's been around about two or three years, but now the whole digital cryptocurrency mania has kicked in. They're all like, you can get crypto poo currency? You can. Job done. Happy days. Crazy. Uh, in declassified records from the Chinese government, turns out that the Chinese government back in the 1990s have created unmanned robotic killer submarines. In the 1990s, we have unmanned aerial drones that the United States and Russia and all the lads have, and they're yeah. bombing places from remote and no one's getting hurt, except for the people who have been blown up, obviously. But, you know, there's no pilot in the drone. It's fully equipped with weapons. Chinese were doing that 20 years ago. Dear God. Underwater. Secret submarines. Who would have thought? I know. So what are they up to right now that we don't know about? Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about that? They could be up to anything. What are they up to right all now? All sorts. Unmanned Sub underwater submarine drone things. Killer drones with missiles and everything in them. God. So someone remotely would just say, there you go. No, no, no. Not for you? Not for me at all. I'd like to not think about that at all. Uh, final. Frightening stuff. Yeah. Final story this evening over to the Russians. The Russians are planning on putting a nuclear power plant on Mars to help uh, 
have enough energy for them to colonize the planet. Oh wow, already they're thinking ahead. They are, yeah, they're thinking ahead. You're like, guys, I know this is a little bit down the line, but what if we put a nuclear reactor on Mars and that will power all of our energy requirements while we try and populate Mars? And are they allowed to do that? Well, no one owns those planets, so they can do what they want. That's what our conquering other worlds is about. First come, first serve. They'll get the, although Americans were there first, but like, I mean, did anyone ask Christopher Columbus? Was he allowed to storm into America? No, actually. No. Did anyone ask the Vikings? Were they allowed to storm in here? Probably Lads, are you allowed to do this? Sorry. Can you stop burning our villa? La- oh, I'm dead wow. now. Okay. Yeah. So that seems to be the next thing. And the rover landed on Mars there recently. And we had a look around. Mars is obviously going to be the next place to try and send a human person to. And because the maybe the Russians and the Americans are looking at this kind of going, we've wrecked this place. Yeah. Like we, we've really... Destroyed it, really. Yeah, we, we've wrecked it. Mm. You know, I mean, the, the, the climate's in bits, but even like the plastic is all over the shop. There's just, there's fish swimming in beer rings now at the state. We, we've absolutely destroyed it. So they're like, I think we need to find a new place. It's kind of sad, though, isn't it? And then we go and destroy Mars. Yeah. It's like, haven't we done this? No. Are we just history repeating <laughs> itself again? Let's. It's like, let's ah, not it's do fine. That. We go to a new planet. There's a nice Jupiter has a nice moon. We'll go there. Job done. Uh, so yeah, so they are planning on launching a using one of the Russian spaceships to launch a nuclear reactor and they're developing plants so that they'll have power when they land job done because obviously power so you can get so much from solar but you can't get enough and to, to live and to maintain a whole facility up there so nuclear will be the way I just would not like to be on the rocket that has a nuclear reactor in it definitely not a little bit dangerous so anyway control alt delete today's tech today today's tech today job done nailed it happy days you're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. FM 104. Shut up and dance. It's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104 with Play Blue. See what takes your fancy at playblue.ie. You know you want to. Thanks for the message in from uh, Laura Nurse. Because I love the story about the stem cells. Part of my nursing role is to harvest patient stem cells which are used to treat their cancer. Wow. Stem cells. Mad stuff. Right? Really powerful. Fingers crossed. Has been more good stuff coming out. Um, That's I'll brilliant, isn't it? Um, got a couple of tweets in earlier on. We were chatting about old tech that you had back in the day so Mario yeah. Kart an unopened Mario Kart game from Nintendo 64 sold for 1.5 million there a couple of days ago uh, two days before that uh, The Legend of Zelda unopened game again sold for 800,000 uh, old iPhones are worth um, original first iPhones are worth about 10 grand apparently if you've still got a one good nick not the three or the four the one of the first ones to come out in 2007 but someone messaged me in saying they don't have right their original phone but they still have their very, very first mobile phone number. Oh, weird. I don't have a clue what mine would be. But you don't, ha- you, you don't have your original phone number? No. And you can't remember it? No, not at all. I only remember my dad's mobile number. I don't know if it's the same one. I assume he's got a new one since. And my old house number. Because right, when, yeah. when they used to go out, yeah. they'd have the number on the fridge. You know, his mobile number. And yeah. I'd have to learn that off by heart and then the house number. But otherwise, no. And I think younger kids now don't have a breeze about numbers. Because no one is dialing numbers. No. And, yeah. If you want to ring someone, you just go into their name. Or WhatsApp call them. They're or WhatsApp there. call them, yeah. Yeah. I found out something shocking. My other half does not know my number off by heart. I've never known a, a partner's number ever. What if there is an emergency? Tr- I wouldn't have a clue who to ring. If I had no phone and I was stranded somewhere... I honestly, the only number I know is my house number. Honestly, that's it. Don't know anyone's number. 
Shocking. But I think one or two of my friends have the same number that they had from their very first mobile phone. I love that. Yeah. Oh, no, I remember that's a lie. No, that's a lie. Is they it not moved, really hard to, s- to keep it like... No, I don't think so. Stay you're, still, you're still using it. You can just... Pull. It used to be a bit trickier to move from, you know, Vodafone to Meteor or whatever. Yeah. Who's 086? What was the 086 network originally was called? O2. Was it something before O2? Was it like Digicel or something? Possibly. I, I know when I was kind of a teenager growing up, it was Meteor was 085. Yeah. Vodafone was 087. 087. That was the business. Then, the business. Yeah. O2 was... 086. 086. Was it not something before 086? I've, I've always been an 086 girl. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, no. So I am an 086. I'm going to put you down as an 085 now myself. No, never. No? Oh, no. And all your 087 friend was business. Yeah. Yes, a company phone. It's 087. It's Vodafone. Yeah. Yeah, do you remember? They were the three. Yeah. I wonder, okay, if you have... love to know how many people, if you have the same number that you had, the very first mobile you got and you've kept it for years mm. weird I don't know how long I've had my number now for yeah no. but who's got their original do you have your original mobile phone number from your very first mobile that you ever had and it stuck with you all those years later let us know our number 0876797104 give us a buzz uh, Dermot Kennedy power over me on the way shortly and an evolutionary biologist will explain to you what's going on with foot fetishes Mad one, that's on the way now. You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. FM 104. Nightcrawlers Friday. It's Cormac and Sir here on Room 104 with Play Blue. You can see what takes your fancy at playblue.ie. You know you want. There are a surprising number of people who are after getting in touch saying that they still have the same number. Their very first mobile phone number, they still have it years later. We were talking about tech that you had back in the day, if anyone still has their old mobile phone, their original first mobile phone that you ever had. Um, maybe you do, but some people still have the exact same number. Jennifer got in touch and said, no, I don't have the old phone, but I have the same exact number. And there's so many people who are competent and uh, as well online. Uh, Dahl has said the exact same. Eamon, uh, him too. So many people still have their old phone number from back in the day. Yeah, Keith has said, I have my 086 number a long time. Anytime I get a new phone, I just keep the same number. Yeah, that's what I would do now. I've had my old number about four years and I changed and I still don't know it off by heart. Do people not know their own mobile phone numbers off by heart? I mean, I know mine. I suppose when do, when do you ever need to ring yourself? Yeah, that's true. And like, who's asking for your number? Unless you're being asked on a date oh, on a date can I have your number like no uh, this is a gym definitely not <laughs> this is an awkward gym please leave me alone hi guys I honestly think this is my very first and only number I honestly don't remember ever having a different one different network now but Mother's Day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. My original phone number. Wow, that's impressive. I like the idea of that. Your old legacy phone number. And then what, what, what happens when you die? Do they not give it to someone else? Do they? I think they do. Friend of mine, I you know, friend of mine has jumped jobs a load of times over the last number of years, right? So I have four different numbers for him. Oh, because he just avoided? No, he always had a work phone number and then he would ring off his work phone number and be like, oh, this is my new work number. Oh, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I, I swear to God, I have four numbers in my phone for him and I never, I always panic when I'm ringing him because I don't know which one it is. And he used to work for uh, a DIY company and I rang him the other day and I was like, Gaz, what's the crack? And I was in the car. And Gaz is a bit of a messer in the mouth. So sometimes he'd be like, no, who's this? So this guy answered and was like, no, who's this? And I was like, come on, what's the crack, Gaz? What's going on? Like, and I was like, Gaz, should be a mouth, will you? And he's giving him a ton of abuse as you do give your mate. Then after a few minutes, he was like, it's not Gaz. Oh, no. I was like, oh. This is one of the numbers that he did have, but he doesn't have any more. This is not actually Gaz, is it not? And he's oh, like, no, it's not. God. Sorry. Whoops. Whoopsies. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it was ESAT Digiphone, by the way, before O2. Someone Is that what you. it was? Digiphone, Digicell or Digiphone, ESAT yeah. Digiphone. Dennis O'Brien, isn't it? ESAT Digiphone. Uh, yeah. I think that's what he found. Yeah, I think that's what it was before O2. And then he brought his network over to the Caribbean. He did, and yeah, he yeah. Digicell or Digi whatever over to the Caribbean. Beautiful he, part then, of the world. Then he bought a lot of newspapers. Then he sold them. Now he's very rich. Yes. He's a very rich man. He is indeed. Uh, right, okay. Oh eight seven six seven nine seven one four. That's the number we've had forever. Um, if you still have your first mobile phone number, happy days. Now moving on. Oh, quickly, quickly. Sorry, Bob's jumping we'll in there. My dad Bob. changed his network years ago. Went from oh eight seven to oh eight six, and they added a two in the number, so his new number went from the original number to just one number replaced. What? Okay. So I can't, they, they I'm not reading out either of his numbers, but yeah, I get what you're saying. So they just replaced one, one number? They just added a two. Added a two. That doesn't make any sense. Were mobile phone numbers shorter back in the day? Yeah, were they? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I thought they replaced one number and then added a two. No. They just added a they two? They just added a two. Okay, well maybe there's only like ten people with mobile phone numbers. Like that Family Guy joke back in the day. Yeah, actually. Peter rings up someone and is like, hello, who's this? Who are you looking for? No, number two. Oh, no, this is four. <laughs> Lol, banter. Anyway, um, in a few moments, you're going to be hearing from a evolutionary biologist about um, why certain people have foot fetishes, right? And as we learned on this show last year, or the year before, wherever it was, uh, a lot of people love feet. They do. To a weird extent, right? To a thing where they're like, what's going on? So there's apparently a couple of scientific, biological reasons as to why you might get sexually turned on 
by feet, by the look of feet, by the feel of a foot running up the inside of your leg. I don't know what's going on. But have you ever been with someone with a very strange fetish? Maybe it was the first time you were ever together, you were dating for a while, and you realised, oh my God, uh, and you just could not handle it. Were you ever with someone who had a bit of a kinky, dark, weird side? I definitely was with someone that was into weird stuff, yeah. I was. I've heard so many stories about people... You don't know until... They like to stand over glass coffee tables, and I'm just leaving it at that. Okay. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, oh... Oh, that's weird. Very weird. Yeah. Very weird. No, I actually broke up with someone because it was getting weird. What they wanted to do was weird. And I just... Commitment, was it? It was weird fetish It was was actually commitment, yeah. It was commitment. And I was like, I can't do this. I told you. Disgusting. I'm out of here. So she's there covered in black bags and just weird stuff. Let's just do this. None of this commitment fetish. It was even weirder than that. It was very weird. It wasn't for me. I, I just know. No? No, thanks. I, I would love to know. Listen, we, we will keep all names anonymous or whatever, but if you went out on a date and then maybe it was the first time, or maybe we were getting a bit comfortable and they opened up a little bit and were like, I want to break your legs and strap you to the bed. And you were like... I'm going to actually oh. just head off now. It was nice knowing you. I'm not into this at all. And no. that's a little bit freaky. Maybe they wanted to put things in places that... weren't thing, They weren't yeah, supposed to be. you might have been comfortable with or wanted to do things to you or wanted you to do things to them that uh, you were like... Yeah. You know, maybe they wanted they wanted to dress up in a nappy. Oh God! And get oh dear. battered. We've, we have yeah. heard from that kind of. We've chatted to people who like that as well. Yeah. Let us know if you've any, ever had any just very strange fetish encounters where you're like. <laughs> you're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. FM 104. Both Cormac and Saoirse here chatting there recently about those um, you know strange fetishes you've had, but one that's always like a popular one. And Saoirse, you've had this before, where men have gotten in touch with you looking for feet photos, haven't they? Yeah, I've gotten offered um, 50 euro per foot and then a guy turned around and said, if you let me come into the studio, I will give you 150 euro to massage your feet. And she took that 150 and has had the time of her life with it. No, she, uh, she, she obviously didn't, right? But where do fetishes come from? Is there a biological or scientific explanation as to why some people, especially when it comes to like things like foot fetishes, is there a reason that science can help explain or inform us as to why cer- certain people have foot fetishes? Well, joining us now, someone who's been giving incredibly entertaining and informative explanations on his TikTok, which has blown up. He's a science educator. He's a biologist. He's a very educated man and wants us to learn a little bit more about science and not in a boring way. We are delighted to welcome onto the show Forrest Valkyser. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. Now, foot fetishes, they are more common than we believe. Yeah, yeah, they're incredibly common. And I'm, in fact, they're the most common fetish in the world, uh, pretty much. And I am shocked at how much you're being offered. I wish I was getting those kind of offers. I get so many creepy messages. And if I was getting offers for that, man, I could change my career. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to write it off just yet. I haven't taken them up on the offer, but, um, you know, a little bit more would be be nicer. But why feet? There's a few hypotheses on that one. And the one that uh, I get got taught through, through uh, my schooling and the one that's very common and popular is uh, that it's just kind of some, for, to use very layman's terms, some wires getting crossed in the brain. Not to say this is a damage or a bad thing or anything like that, but... Uh, 
when you uh, when you look at your brain, you've got all these weird noodles all over it, and those noodles are called gyri. And everybody's brain noodles are a little bit different. It's kind of like a fingerprint. There are certain landmarks and and structures that are ubiquitous across all brains, and one of those is the central sulcus. It's this dividing line that goes right down the middle of your brain and divides the the frontal lobe, the front part of your brain, from your parietal lobe right there on the top of your head. And right there along that dividing line. You've got this place called your somatosensory cortex, which is the major area where you feel physical sensations. And if you want to look it up online, you can. There's a thing called the cortical homunculus, which is this really cool and very creepy diagram of uh, all the different parts of your body and how they're represented on that cortex. Uh, the different sizes of these things, how many neurons are dedicated just to feeling in these areas. So you can see like your tongue and your lips and your hands are hugely represented. You have a huge amount of neurons there, a whole, whole bunch of nerves dedicated just to feeling things there. And right in the middle, your genitals and your feet are right next to each other. These two areas of the brain are just bumping right up against each other. So a very popular theory on how these things happen is that these areas of the brain just kind of get mixed up a little bit. They, they Some wires get crossed. And just how, like when people walk into bright lights, sometimes they'll sneeze because these facial nerves kind of get messed up. Maybe getting your toes touched and getting your genitals touched or seeing someone's genitals and seeing someone's feet are kind of just a similar sensation in the brain. Now that's, again, that's only one. There's a lot, this something, you know, this, this video went really well on TikTok, but like, there's only so much that we can fit into 60 seconds. There's a lot of other really cool ideas about how these things might work. Um, one other one, for example, is if you look at trends in uh, when there are big STD outbreaks, big STD scares like uh, syphilis outbreaks throughout American history, foot fetish material went through the roof. So we're like, maybe there's some sort of correlation here where if you have some sort of an STD scare, then all of a sudden you develop this foot fetish. And the thinking is that like, this is a super safe way to have intercourse that's non-penetrative and... Uh, keeps you safe just to say just to do you mind if i just jump in there because it's funny that you mention that because literally our health service here a couple of days ago announced that there has officially there is now an official outbreak of syphilis in ireland at the moment so it's funny that, that you have mentioned that yeah there was a warning going around that now there's an outbreak of syphilis so by that kind of regard then is it possible to suggest that maybe we're going to see an increase here in dublin and in ireland with um foot fetish interest citizen scientists in ireland should be keeping track of that you should be checking it out go online and figure it out and like it's <laughs> honestly that would be fascinating to see that kind of data yeah, absolutely another thing that people talk about is uh there might be some sort of like childhood pavlovian conditioning something to do with maybe even an epigenetic thing uh we see that all the time in like rats when we see like the way that they're groomed as babies influences their behaviors as adults even sexual behaviors um and then my favorite one i'm an evolutionary biologist this is like my the coolest uh, uh then that i don't have a tremendous amount of data on but i think it's so awesome is that maybe these fetishes are like vestigial leftovers from our evolutionary history that when you uh you know when you look at how behaviors evolved dopamine plays a huge role because it's not enough to just not die you need to actively live properly so we have dopamine releases in our brain when we do beneficial healthy good things and there's some evidence to, to suggest that maybe like playing with your foot playing with your butt playing with your genitals playing whatever has some sort of response to maybe being clean or maybe being like uh, hygienic and healthy and, and, and uh, checking your body for parasites or whatever else 
that could have helped you survive on the savannah 200,000 years ago. So there's all sorts of really, really cool ideas of how these things work. The one that I put on TikTok happens to be the one that I learned in school several different times, but it's one of my favorite ones. But it's it's fascinating just how these, these fetishes pop up in people, and we don't have all the answers yet. But the more we learn, the more exciting it becomes because the more we realize there's so much new data here, so much information to be studying. And what a fun thing to study. Very fun. But okay, I'm just going to bring it back a little bit. There's not girls asking for pictures of guys' feet. Let's be honest. Everybody's into everything. I, I think that the, the, the more we find, I'm, I'm sure there's probably a slant somewhere. But like the, the more I meet people uh, and, and my job as an educator, and as a science communicator, I meet a lot of people and boy, do I get some emails. But like the more I meet people, the more I realize that everybody, everybody likes everything. There's, there's something for everybody else. Is there anything with regard to, I imagine hundreds of thousands of millions of years ago when we were maybe more ape-like and hands and feet were very much the same. Is Could there be something from that? That, you know, because hands are a very, can be a very intimate thing that, you know, you caress someone's face, they can be very stimulating. But, you know, we... Back then, if we were on all fours, we were kind of like um, had four hands or four feet or whatever it is. Could it be something left over from that as well? So that, that's a phenomenal hypothesis. That's, that's a great way of thinking. Uh, we haven't uh, really had like opposable toe-thumb situations going on for almost four million years. But like for sure, like there's still a tremendous amount of, of, of sensation there. The the hands, the, uh, the palms of your hands and the soles of your feet are some of the thickest skin on your body. But your digits, the, the, the very extremities, your fingers and your toes, um, are still packed full of neurons. So it's, it's entirely, I shouldn't say neurons this way, of nerves. Um, mm. It's the same thing, but the different connotation. They're, they're still packed full of nerves, incredibly sensitive, especially around your fingernails, if you nail beds in there. So like, it's entirely possible that has some sort of tie-in. That's a great, great hypothesis. So what else have you discovered? What else did you find when you're looking into this? I have found it's, it's one of those cool things about science that the, the more we learn, the more we learn that there's more to learn, if that makes any sense. There are dedicated sexologists, people who have PhDs just studying sexual behavior that still, you know, kind of throw their hands up and say, we're just not sure yet. So like the, the coolest thing that I've discovered about this is that for all the answers that we do have, there's, you know, 50 questions for every single answer. And that's not unique to this. I, I don't want people thinking that this is something that we just have no idea about. That's the same thing in literally every kind of science. The more we learn, the more we realize there's so much more cool stuff to find out. And I think that's the best thing, not only about this, but any science that I teach is that anything you hear me say, you can go off and read 20 books about it and still have a bunch of questions. And it'll be so much fun. Somewhere out there is something incredible waiting to be learned. And you could be the person to learn. Uh, if you've just tuned in, by the way, we're chatting to evolutionary biologist Forrest Falkai. And we're really up in the game when we're talking about some of these uh, smutty fetish things. Okay, this is very much a highbrow conversation. So, so don't be worried. Um, is there any other, again, apart from just feet fetishes and foot fetishes, is there any other kind of fetishes that you've looked into from the lens of a biologist? None that I've really played with too much. Um, I, I can say that there are a tremendous amount of really cool researchers that do look into these things and, and that you should go check them out and check their credentials before you hear them talking because for every one actual scientist who learns these things, there's 50 different, you know, people who live in their mom's basement who are like, I know a thing or two about wars. And it's, you know what I mean? So just got to check. But like the evolution of human behavior it, overall, sexual and non-sexual, is, is a fascinating thing. And what's really cool to think about, there's a, a, a thing called an extended phenotype, which is to say uh, you have your genes, your genotype, your DNA, what that's all about. So I'm, I'm 
six foot two and absurdly skinny. That's the result of my, my genes. That's my phenotype. Um, behaviors that are instinctual or something ingrained within us, that's a part of our DNA too. Our DNA, our, our, our behaviors are a part of our phenotype. And what we do in the world is a part of our DNA as well as part of our phenotype. So like a beaver building a dam, you can argue that that dam is part of that beaver's DNA. And everything that happens as a result of that dam, the river's changing, the landscape changing, is part of that beaver's DNA. That's its extended phenotype. There are really cool arguments that say that things like tool making, building cities, are part of human DNA. That the way the world looks now is the result of our DNA. And when you take that that really, really cool science out of Sertum, say, yeah, no, people people wanting pictures of people's feet, that's all part of your DNA. That's the extended phenotype. That's a part of human nature. That's that weirdness that little pocket of the internet that makes everything just that much more strange. That's all part of the human experience. That's the human spark that makes the world wonderful. And then in terms of fetishes alone, do you think most people have one? You know what? I it, it, It's hard to say because when we do research on these types of things, same thing as when we do research on homosexuality or on, on, on you know, uh, being trans or on, on fetishes, any of these, these uh, research into sex, we're asking people to be incredibly detailed about very intimate things with complete strangers, usually about things that are considered taboo. It's kind of hard to, to really pin anything down. But the cool thing is, the more we do this research, the more we find that everybody's got something kind of strange. And what's interesting, and I, I use the word strange colloquially, it's, you know, none of this is really strange when you think about it. But there is some interesting, you know, you asked, is there any other fun fetish facts? You brought one to mind. There was a book published a little while ago, I believe in 2018, called Tell Me What You Want, that was just a, a compendium of, of research about fetishes and stuff. And uh, one of the coolest studies in there, the one that I love the most, they uh, they tried to find a correlation between people's fetishes and their political alignments. And they didn't find a super strong one, but there was a little skew. And this is an American study, so I don't know how this correlates. I know, uh, you know the most liberal Americans are pretty much like centrists everywhere else in the world but they found that very liberal americans who are interested in things like feminism and equality also tended to be more interested in like bdsm and domination and and you know ownership of a person meanwhile conservatives who are all about traditional family values and you know all the, you know, uh, faithful marriages they also tended to be just a little bit more interested in like exhibitionism and wife sharing and threesomes and cuckoldry. So like the, the general way of thinking is just like, we like a little bit of taboo. We like, what we can't have, we like, what we're not supposed to, as long as it's in good fun. And uh, I think that what we're trying to do in this century is remind everybody that as long as it's consenting adults, not hurting anybody else who gives a shit or crap, sorry, on air, who gives a crap? Don't worry, you are fine. You're absolutely fine. Uh, I mean, the, the, the lesson I got from that was that everyone is, is lying on the outside and hiding who they really are inside. Something like that, but a lot nicer, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's all making sense now. Uh, listen, Forrest, thanks a million for giving up your time. Um, fascinatingly interesting. I know you post a lot of this online uh, and share a lot of these kind of insights online. Where's the best place someone can connect with you and follow you? Uh, my biggest platform is TikTok. We uh, broke uh, half a million followers not too long ago. So if you want to go check me out there, I post a tremendous amount of videos about evolutionary biology, other really cool things in science, debunking pseudoscientific nonsense. Did not think that foot fetishes are what were going to make the channel as big as it was, but my God, I'm happy about it. Uh, and then also, if you're interested in any of my other work, check me out on YouTube, where we're posting more videos there, uh, uh, or tearing apart children's science kits and you know, reviewing them to see if they're worth the crap.
Nice, nice. And sorry, just your your TikTok handle is Renegade Science Teacher. Uh, I've, I've been teaching science here in America for almost a decade as an informal educator, and I got real tired of people telling me what not to teach because I live in the middle of America, and so uh-huh. they don't want to learn about the age of the Earth or about how evolution mm-hmm. works. Renegade Science Teacher is my way of teaching science that matters in a way that kids actually learn, rather than some old, outdated '90s lesson plans. Yeah, thanks a minute for popping on for us, and we will chat you again soon. Thank you guys for having me. See you soon. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.